so I'm thinking of a tagline for this podcast. Making the magic, mixing the magic, stirring the pot. I'm not sure. Kyle, you got a tagline for me? Ready to go? Cauldron. Wales. <laughs> Wales. <laughs> this is episode four. We have a fantastic actor from Port Talbot here called Kyle Reese. We'll we'll speak to Kyle soon. Just a recap on episode three. We had Jack Morgan and Reese Thomas from Wales Twenties, and we spoke about the Six Nations game against France. They beat France, which was a fantastic game. Poor weather up in Colwyn Bay, up in Park Arias, but they used no subs, didn't they? No, no one went on. Props, you know, they normally yeah 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 sixty minute mark yeah, yeah, yeah often like come vice, but no no subs were made, and I um, had a good chat actually with Gareth Williams, the head coach. And he said he felt comfortable. And he's been asked a lot of questions, actually. But was that was that a choice by the players? Or being like, oh, I want to see you through, I want to finish it? I think so. I think considering the weather, um, they just felt as if they had the hold on the game and mm. they didn't burn out, basically. So they were happy with, with um, the 15 on the pitch. Oh, fair play, Tom. But either way, this is The Cold Run. The Cold Run Podcast by Aberavon Rugby Club. Produced by Buffoon Media. So, Kyle, from Samfield's Comprehensive School. I am, for my sins. Tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I'm from Samfield's, born and bred, went to Samfield's Comp. Um, obviously, uh, when I was growing up, started playing rugby, I think I joined the Green Stars, I think under sixes, maybe. Oh, aye. Uh, my, my older brother played, he was a scrum half. Uh, my dad played, he was a scrum half. And then my mother had me, and I came out like a... Four rugby balls put together, so <laughs> they always knew I wasn't going to be a scrum half. But uh, no, yeah, played for the Stars. Um, then I sort of, I don't know, I started taking a turn then when I was in school in Sanford's Comp. Um, I was either playing rugby or acting like a goat, basically, a class clown. So um, the last two years, year 10, 11, when you have to start like knuckling down GCSEs, good grades and that, I didn't. And um, basically ended up having a choice whether to make a go of it, try and have a crack of rugby or I was quite good at acting and making people laugh and singing so I decided to go down that route. So in school as you said and when you fancied acting you were making people laugh and joking and things like that so when did you, what when did you realise okay I, I want to be an actor or what did someone tell you Kyle do you know what acting's for you? Um, I don't know it's, it's very difficult you hear so many interviews with actors and people in the performing arts who you know making it big or whatever not that I am but they always get asked that question, when did you realise? And for me, you always hear some like corny story, like, oh, if, if it was a singer, perhaps, maybe, oh, I was up in the stairs, uh, upstairs in the shower, singing, and my mother came home and shouted, turn that CD off. And then from then, I knew I wanted to be a singer. But no, I don't know. Uh, like I said, it was, it was always a sport or like the arts for me when I was younger. And then I just sort of really, really enjoyed it. And uh, I don't know, it, it wasn't a sort of, a job or an actor or a film that made me want to do it. I just sort of fell into it because I started be becoming quite decent at it, mm. if that makes sense. So you left Sandfield's comp and you went to the Royal Scottish Academy of Music and Drama? Yeah, I went to Gossainen College first. Oh, okay, right. I've been, um, well, Gossainen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, went there because they do, um, Gossainen College were renowned for producing, they have obviously, you know, like A-levels or B-tech. They had a performing arts course there, a B-Tech performing arts course, and they were renowned for 
producing act, young actors who would all go to drama school. Now, when you're at that age, 15, 16, 17, getting into drama school is a big thing. It's like, mm. I suppose, it's like being called up for your, you know, playing for Abraham and then being called up to your region. Yeah. Um, so I, there were three strands. Strand A, which was just pure dancers, ballet, contemporary dance, that. Strand B, which was straight acting, that's what I went into. And Strand C, which is, I suppose, a combination of all three, musical theatre, singing, dancing, acting. Um, and I was in Strand B, went through the acting, two, done two years there, and then it was the auditions for drama school. And it was like, if you audition for everyone, there's loads of drama schools up and down the country, but there's like a top five, RADA, Lambda, Bristol Vic, RSAMD, um, Guildhall, if you get into one of those, you're like a god in college. Everyone's like, oh my god, you got into RADA, you got into... No. But um, but that's the mentality that you had. And it wasn't the, the staff or our lecturers putting that pressure on us. It was us doing it ourselves. So that's when I went to Royal Scottish Academy audition. Like I said, I auditioned for every drama school. It cost my parents a bomb. What is auditioning? What, you know, what does auditioning look like? So basically, you prepare speeches. And it's normally one modern speech, so something from a contemporary play in the last 50 to 100 years, and then a classical uh, speech, so from Shakespeare. Uh, uh, most people do a speech from a Shakespeare play, but I didn't for some reason. I did Marlowe, just wanted to be different, okay. so uh, mm -hmm. I did Dr. Faustus. <laughs> but um, no, you go, you do, you do your two speeches, and then it's quite brutal, mind. The, yeah, the selection process, like... Similar to sport, I guess, as well, you know. Oh, yeah. You want to make that transition into the next team, and it's you, you audition, don't you? The, the, the trial exactly. games, etc. Yeah. Um, it's it's brutal. Like obviously, everyone knows that acting and you know this sort of showbiz industry is brutal, because there are billions of people who wake up and go, "Oh, I want to do that. I can do that." And some people are the best actors. They say you some of the best actors in the world will never be discovered. They'll just be performing, you know, in back alley playhouses or whatever. But mm. You go, you do your two speeches. If you're lucky, you get a call back. So you get either that day or the next day. And that was a good thing as well. Some of the auditions, they were like a, it was just like a mini, you know, trip. Like go away yeah. with a couple of your friends from college. Like I remember when I went to the Royal Scottish Academy up in Glasgow, I, I already had two friends who were there in the first year. So I phoned them up. I was like, oh, Josh, Josh, I'm coming up for my audition this day. Can I stay with you? Yeah, yeah, great. So the night before the audition, he gets me, he gets me steaming on, on super tenants. <laughs> Good preparation. It was good prep. Good prep for the next three years. <laughs> so, what you know at that period of time, you know when you're you're auditioning, what was it that you wanted to do? As in, you mentioned theatre and things like that. Uh, was it sort of like Broadway type of thing? Those type of um, stages or yeah, yeah. TV, film. They might obviously in, in the acting world might be all linked, of course. But you in your head, eighteen, nineteen, what is it you wanted to do? Um, Eighteen-year-old Kyle wanted to be the most biggest, famous, richest star in the world. I wanted it all, but... What roles for you? What, what film? What film? Do you know what? I got asked this. I went over to Kansas City, right, in November for, um, like, uh, I'm doing a show out London, and it's massive in America. It's massive all over the world, but especially in America. And uh, we went over to this, uh, you know, like, they do Comic-Cons for, like, Marvel and yeah, all yeah. that. Well, because Outlander has, like, time travel and it's that sort of fantasy bit to it, they have, they have its own fan base, and they have their own sort of Comic-Con conventions. So we went over and one of the questions they asked me was, um, if there was a role, that, the dream role that you could ever play that you know, might not make you, but just one that you wanted to do. And I thought, yeah, okay. 
It's a good question. They went actor by actor by actor. And normally every actor's sitting there thinking, what am I going to say? What am I going to say? But something in me, do you know Oliver Reed? The actor Oliver Reed? Oliver Reed. No. He's, can you give me a role? So, um, do you know, have you seen Gladiator with yes, Russell, yes. Russell Crowe? So he plays the um, the fella with the grey beard and the, and the grey hair who owns all the slaves. Got him. So Oliver Reed, um, he was one of, uh, what, do they, what do they call him? Um, oh, I can't remember the name. I read this book and it was about Richard Burton, Peter O'Toole, Richard Harris and Oliver Reed. And it's basically those four renowned for, in their day, having a swig. But not like me and you who have a swig at the rugby. They have a swig, like when they're on stage, bottles of vodka. But nobody would tell the difference. All right. So the Hellraisers, that's what it was. But some of the stories that they got up to. But anyway, Oliver Reed, he was a phenomenal actor. I've watched tons and tons of footage on him, interviews. You see him after this now, right? Go on tonight, yeah, YouTube. Oliver Reed on Parkinson. He is mad. He's mad. But he was a phenomenal actor. And I'll never forget, um, there's an interview with him. And this uh, aspiring actor comes to interview him and uh, he starts saying, all right, we'll read the lines, we'll read the lines. And he's saying, you playing the villain. And this aspiring actor says, yes, I'll play the villain. So he's reading the uh, lines with Oliver Reed and he's just, Oliver Reed's just staring at him. Like he's not, even, he's not even reading his lines back. And the guy stops as if to say like, why are you looking at me? And he says, why are you blinking so much? Why? <laughs> and he says, right, and it, but it's the, what, he, what he actually goes on to say is when you're on a TV um, film screen, which he was, you know, a uh, cinema screen, if you, your eyes are about five foot apart to the people sitting there. So if you blink, that's all they're going to see all is right. your eyes sweeping up and down. But anyway, yeah, so that's, I'd love to play him in a, bio, a bio, biography, biopical, I don't know. Biopsy? That's a medical term, isn't it? Yeah, no, Bi- definitely not a biopsy. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't there on the biopsy, Yeah, no, no. no. Um, so you went on, you had a few roles, Hollyoaks? Yeah, Hollyoaks, that was my f- that was my second professional job, actually. My first one, I played um, a Carmarthen hoodie selling drugs to a undercover police officer when I was 17 in uh, an S4C. Couldn't speak Welsh. Can't speak Welsh, I'm ashamed of it. Did you speak Welsh? No. Oh. Just that was it. Yeah, it was just it was like a, a silent role, like a sort of a nod. <laughs> do you, I think John th- Sam. Yeah, I think uh, that's what it was. Do you want Sam? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was Danny Dyer on Hollyoaks at the time? He wasn't. No. So um, when I got there, it was uh, Emma Rigby, Reese Ashworth. Ah. Um, who else? What was her name? Gemma. Gemma McLean. Yeah, I, well, I think I'm not going to admit to watching Hollyoaks, but I did. I did. Do you know what? I watched it when I was in drama school and it was all right when you wanted to switch off for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> that boring, was it? Then you moved on to Curtis Bevan. Oh, Emmerdale. Emmerdale, yeah. yeah. I've done the soap sign, haven't I? Yeah, you have. You pulled it right off. Um, that's the thing as well. I always was like, I'm not going to be a soap actor. I'm not doing that. I want to be a serious actor. <laughs> uh, first two I, jobs out of drama school. Just, did we just have a glimpse of your English accent then? No, nah, mate. Into- doing English all day for <laughs> you. Talk like that. Do you know what I mean? Do you want Danny Dyer, mate? I'll, I'll talk like that. Nice. We'll be asking you about that. No, later. Um, but no, yeah. Emmerdale was great. Um, I actually, one of the actors who used to be in Hollyoaks, he crossed over into Emmerdale and I started working with him. Um, but yeah, I was in prison with him and uh, I wasn't such a nice character there, but that was good, good fun. Correct me if I'm wrong then, probably Pride was the film for you that just projected a bit more internationally for you, maybe? Um, yeah. Or not? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it definitely um, helped me. It was a step up because, you know, I've I've left drama school. I've been doing commercials, you know. I remember once doing uh, my agent for me and they were like, oh, we've got a commercial for you. What was it? They were like, Yazoo Milkshake. I was like, oh, spot on. Love Yazoo Milkshake. Strawberry, get it, get it in me. 
And then I was there filming on the streets of London, this Yazoo milkshake. And I was just thinking, oh my God, three years of drama school for this. Like, it was awful. But anyway, uh, yeah, Pride was Pride was incredible. I went from doing like an episode of this, an episode of that, where mm. you don't really meet people because you go in, say say you, you get a job and it's one episode of an eight episode drama. You'll go in, you'll meet two or three people that you're working with that day, but you're not really there. And you know, they, nobody's got time to spend time getting to know you. So it's just like in, out sort of thing. Yeah. But when we did Pride, it was, um, I, w- I was absolutely landed. I got the job. And I remember every, every film, every TV series at the start has a read through. Every actor, every uh, crew, well, not every crew, director, producers, uh, writers, everybody turns up and you all sit round. If it's a huge one, like in Pride, it was in some fancy hotel in Soho. And I just remember turning up with one of the other Welsh boys I knew. Being like, oh my God, this is amazing. Who's going to be in here? And we went in and it's like Bill Nye, Paddy yeah. Considine, Imelda Staunton. And you're just like sitting there thinking... Davy Jones, like yeah, do you know what I mean? <laughs> and it's uh, it's absolutely mental. Well, what's the other one? It's his best one in Love Actually. Love man. Actually, yeah. What's Billy, his character's name? Billy Mack. Billy Mack. Love is all around me. <laughs> <laughs> He's quality. But man. do you know what? He was amazing as well in that yeah, film. I, I remember when we we didn't really meet anybody there because it was in do your do your lines and um, everybody clapped and then everybody has coffee and tea and then you shoot off. But um, I remember the first day um, the. It was, it was quite a big ensemble. It wasn't any, like, lead characters. And the first day we had, there was about 16 of us in Fulham uh, rehearsing some of the bar scenes in the um, online miners' uh, local, you know, the yeah. Workingmen's Club. And um, I remember walking in and, oh, there's Paddy Constantine and, oh, I've got scenes with him in a minute and blah, blah, blah. And then tapping the shoulder, I turned around, Bill Nye. Hi, Kyle. I was like, hey. knew my name. Sorry, but You knew my name. Like, and I was just like... <laughs> Oh my god! That's mad. Yeah. But no, it was incredible, and the, f- the film obviously it was it won BAFTA, or Golden Globe, or BAFTA, yeah. one of them. But uh, it was just it was incredible, incredible to be a part of it. Imelda Staunton as well. She's hilarious, mate. She is absolutely hilarious. There was um, there's one day where it's right at the end of the film where we're driving into um, Victoria Park or Hyde Park, sorry, it's Hyde Park in the film, but we shot it in Victoria Park, yeah. and we pull up to support all the um, the cha- uh, the Oh my God, my head's gone. What's it called? Gay Pride March. So just before all the coaches of all the different workmen's and mining societies pull up, we pull up. But in between scenes, we're just there. And there's obviously, there's people going about their day when we're filming, like just yeah, nothing yeah, to do with the, with the set or anything. And I just remember there's, do you remember those programs where they had um, animals and uh, comedians doing voiceovers for the animals? Creature comforts, that's it. Uh, creature comforts. Yes. Yeah. And um, so uh, there was two people. It looked like they were having an argument. So I'm at the back of this van. It's me sitting in the van, Melda Staunton, Paddy Constantine, um, Bill Nye, uh, Jack Baggs, and uh, anyway, it's a couple of other actors. <laughs> and, um, so I'm at the back and I just start doing a voice for the gentleman and a voice for the lady. And then all of a sudden, Melda Staunton, I stop, Melda Staunton turns around and she, she, and she says, why have you stopped? <laughs> oh, sorry, I thought it was annoying. She's carry on. She's I was bloody enjoying that. <laughs> but she's uh, she's brilliant. She's so much fun. She pulled off a good Welsh accent as well. In that film, she did. Do you yeah. know there, were, there weren't a lot of people in there that that were, did pull off a Welsh accent. But uh, I tell you what, Bill Nye's Welsh accent yeah. was absolutely incredible. And we had one of the one of the f- most famous um, voice coaches on and dialect coaches on that job for those because they were all doing Welsh. 
And um, one of the first days in rehearsal, I remember she came up and she said, can you just come and sit in the room with Paddy and Bill and talk to them? And I was just like, absolutely. I'll sit, how long? Can we make it a bit long? I don't think they've quite got the accent, don't you? Yeah, yeah. But no, it was great, it was great. And then just t- tell us a bit about Outlander as well then. Yeah, so Outlander was, um, it was, what year are we now? 2020, 2017. Um, obviously, yeah, a lot of people know around here, uh, who, I, who, I know, who I know around here, know that when I'm, when I'm not acting, I want to build insight. My dad owns a construction company since I was 13. Uh, you know, if I wasn't playing rugby on a Sunday, I was on a on job with him on Saturday mornings, you know. So whenever I'm not acting, I'm on site. And remember being on site on my agent phones, she's like, oh, can you do a self-tape? Self-tape is film it on your phone because everyone's got good cameras on their phone now. Oh. Stops a casting uh, director from spending thousands on a room for a week when they can just get people to send the, the scene to them. So can you do a self-tape? Yeah, great. Excuse me. Um, go home, do the self-tape, thinking, oh, I remember this. I remember watching it and um, seeing two episodes of it when the first series came out and thinking it wasn't my cup of tea, so I turned it off. Went home, sent the same tape. Didn't hear anything for, must have been a good eight weeks. Uh, normally after three or four weeks, if you don't hear back off your agent, then it's, it's the done. job's gone. It's, <laughs> it's gone, just gone. Right? Um, some people will give you a little kids, you can't say thank you very much, they've gone a different direction. But this one, normally it's like, you don't hear nothing. So anyway, it's gone and it's out of my head. I'm thought about it. And all of a sudden I'm tiling a roof at a uh, Thai Bath Rugby Club, Skatari oh. Row. And um, my phone goes. So I was like, I'll answer my phone. And my father's like, Kai, get off your phone. You're always on your phone at work. You're mixing concrete, man. <laughs> <laughs> I have been mixing so much concrete today. You wouldn't believe. Um, get off your phone. I was like, that's my agent. Oh, so you're always your bloody agent. Get off the roof and go and answer it. So I go and answer. They're like, oh, hi, Kai. I was like, yeah, I got an audition for me. They're like, no, actually, we've heard back from Outlander. I said, oh, really? So that was like three months ago. They're like, yeah, yeah, they've been on a hiatus. So they love what you did with the scene. And they just like a different accent. So the first time they wanted me to do an RP accent, which is received pronunciation, which is posh English, you know, not as heightened as Downton Abbey, but... Oh, yes. It gives it a bit of a detailed impression. So you talk a bit like this, you know, oh, my name's Kyle, how are you? Should we do this for the rest of the podcast? I think, I think we should talk like this all day, all day long, Chris. Um, so it's not as heightened as like the Queen and that, but um, they came back and they're like, can you do like, not like a really rough Cockney, but like a London. So I was like, yeah, cool, do that. So I filmed the scenes again, sent it off. Week later, can you do Scottish? Yeah, done Scottish, sent it off. Back, Irish, sent it off. Back, can you do this, can you do that? Sent them about seven or eight tapes with different accents. I had no idea what was going on. I was like, as an actor, you're so insecure. You're like, was I really bad at that accent? And for me, accents is one of my strongest things. I've just always been able to do them. And um, didn't hear anything then, sent off the last tape, and it was like another three or four weeks. Then my agent phoned. They're like, oh, uh, where are you? I was like, I'm in work. They're like, oh, um, you got the Outlander job. I was like, are you serious? She's like, yeah, you've got it. I was like, oh. I said, what accent? They, yeah. they were like, they haven't decided yet. <laughs> so I got the job, three, um, went up, did the read-through, and they were like, oh, three episodes, you get killed off. That's it. And I was like, do you know what? Three episodes out of, out of nothing is yeah. better than no episodes. Went up, first read-through, and um, the voice coach came up to me, and she goes, uh, we haven't decided on an accent yet, Kyle. Can you do Cornish for today's read-through? Corn- Cornwall accent. All right, yeah. I was like, um, no. She was like, oh, why not? I was like, well, because I had uh, Paul Dag auditions three weeks ago, and I and I absolutely stuffed them. Uh, so I, I need some work. I said, I'll do my own accent. She was like, okay, fine. Went in, and I thought, right, can't do my own accent because there's American like executives here. So I did my take on a Richard Burton with 
American isms at the end. So like around it, a couple of R's like that. I, I need to hear. Sorry, I need. What's the show? It's on now. Sunday nights. Monday nights. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Nine p.m. Amazon Prime. <laughs> Job done. But yeah, but they loved that then. I went to Vegas on a jolly and uh, they phoned me up. They were like, oh, they absolutely, like stars in America, the network. They mm. loved your accent. And I'm the first Welsh person they've ever had in, in all the show. Well, that's amazing, fair play. Yeah. So yeah, but it's on now. We've just, we've done, that was season four. And um, they phoned me up. The agent phoned me again. I, was, I wasn't on the roof this time. I was somewhere else on the building site. Are you sitting down? I said, yeah, I'm always sitting down on the building site. <laughs> she said, they've Pop just... <laughs> they've just checked your availability for the next six months. I said, and I was just like, oh, drop the phone, crying. Oh my God, Dad, I'm going to be rich and famous. Oh. But I didn't go back until season five. But yeah, season five has been pretty good. Filmed that nine months last year. Fair play. And it's just... Episode two came out this Sunday, just gone. And currently then... Not mixing concrete and things like that in the day. You're uh, doing a new podcast with Sean Hawley called The Tuesday Club. Tuesday Club, yeah. And so, four or five episodes? Yeah, fifth episode came out, what day are we, Thursday, Tuesday. So we had um, the lovely Laura Jane Jones. Uh, but yeah, no, me and Sean, um, we basically struck up a friendship. It must have been about five years ago. And for me, when I ever, like I've, I've worked with some very, very big names in acting. I've met some very, you know, famous faces and can call some of them my friends. But that's fine. But when I meet a Welsh international or a rugby player, I fall to pieces. <laughs> so, um, a, 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 sorry, a mutual friend of ours uh, phoned me up and he said, oh, Sean Ollie's got in touch. He wants to interview on his show on Nation Radio. I said, really? He was like, yeah, he said he's seen Pride, you know, he knows you're a Patalba boy and he's all about supporting Patalba people doing well. I was like, okay, great. So um, there's me now thinking, oh yeah, going up to Nation Radio now, doing it live on, on radio. He messages me, he's, I've just passed him your number, great. Sean phones me, hi, Apollo's going, can I get you on the, yeah, great. Oh, if you want to meet me in the Brit pub in Carmarthen. <laughs> so I was like, oh, yeah, great. So he just brought along an Irig, did the interview, that was great, and then... He's been stuck with me ever since, really. That's weekly as well. Weekly, yeah. I've been bugging him. To, I've been bugging to do something with him for a while, see. And I've been asking him for about a year. I was like, look, let's do something. You, me, me being an actor, you being a rugby man. I said, there's a lot of, lot of things we could do. And over, over the last sort of six months, I've been listening to House of Rugby. Yeah. Started listening to... Uh, I love that podcast, man. It's great, man. Pascal is pretty an open book, isn't he? He is. He's great. He's funny, right? But in, in fairness to him... I love what he says because obviously he is, he got so much rugby now. He's been a professional mm. player for God knows many years. But also, when they talk about off topic things and it comes to like morals and that, I, I, and his ideals, I'll be honest, I've got to agree with him on some of them, like, well, a lot of them. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a good guy. It's a good podcast. It is. So, Tuesday Club, every Tuesday. Every Tuesday. Download it. Spotify. Spotify, iTunes. You got it, right. <laughs> So, Kai, we'll catch up with you again now about the Six Nations, what's going on there. But for now, we're going to go up the wizard's sleeve and talk about some Abraham stuff. The Wizard's Sleeve. I love that accent. <laughs> Who does that for you? Um, Dumbledore. All oh, right, fair enough. We've, we've managed to track him down. He does. Makes know, sense. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good, man. So we Aberavon RFC, we have a game against Cardiff on Saturday the 7th of March at 2pm at the Talbot Athletic Ground, £10 entry, and the 16s go free. Two o'clock kickoff, as I said, but you can stay in the clubhouse after the game to watch England versus Wales in Twickenham, so on the big screens there, so please come down and watch Aberavon versus Cardiff and Wales England after the game. We've also got... Maggie's family fun walk on the, March the 15th so please 
raise some money, raise some awareness, join us on the walk. You can download a sponsor form on the website, abaravanwizards.co.uk, and you can also pick up a sponsor form from the clubhouse, open after 7pm on weekdays. You can follow us on social media, at abaravanrfc, both um, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So please get involved there. Six Nations. Yes. We won't talk about all of it, but Wales versus France, the Sean Edwards factor. Did that play a part, Kyle? I know you're a massive Welsh fan. I mean, I think it's quite evident to see that it has played a part since the tournament has started. But also, the team are quite new. They've got a lot of under-20 boys that have come through. So, you know, and they and they did quite well as well, didn't they, in the last under-20s World Cup? Or, um, the two World Cups. They won, they've won the, uh, the World Cup twice. So in the... Last two years. Well, there we are. So, I mean, obviously, Sean Edwards has been phenomenal for Wales. He's, you know, he's widely renowned for being an, an incredible defence coach. But he's got to have had some influence on them because they, they, they're coming out like beasts, man. Yeah. Question. Go Do on. you think... Now, when Gatlin came in, yep. whoever moons ago that was, he did the same as what France are doing now. So he pretty much pulled up all the under-20 squads, so the likes of Bigger... Warburton, Faletal, Rhys Webb, all the likes of those people, obviously with a couple of experienced guys as well. And that's pretty much what France has done. Mm. So the question is, do you think Pivak should have built his own little army of under-21s boys? Question is, are they good enough or should he start again? That's the question I'm trying to get out, I guess. Um, I mean, it's difficult to say. It's obviously when Gatland started, he pretty much just took over from the team he had from, who was the last one that went before him? Uh, Ooh. Good question. Jenkins, was it? Uh, yeah, no. Je- yeah, Jenkins got removed from the post. After the to, World Cup. Yeah. And, the, and then the, the Gatland, Sean Edwards came in and they won the Six Nations the first, first tournament. Yeah. They, yeah. It was a Grand Slam in 2005, wasn't it? Yeah. No, no, that was Ruddock, 2005. Yes, yeah, so it was. The first one, 2008 was Gatland. Yes, that's yeah, right. My bad. I should remember that because I was hanging off a balcony in Glasgow <laughs> well, screaming. We beat France, didn't we, last game? Said, yeah, yeah. Martin Williams picked from Two the rack, tries. straight off. Yeah. Um, but no, I don't know. I mean, it's always, you look at that World Cup where we went the first time we were in the semi-final for a long time. Or I think it was the first time we were in the semi-final, maybe. Um, and it was the likes of uh, Big uh, Dan Lydia, Sam Warburton, all these boys. They went out there and they just, you know, youth has something on their side where they have no fear. Because they're thinking, you know, this is the start of my career now. I'm not really, if I'm picked, I'm not playing for a jersey, even though they technically are. Yeah. But I think there's something to be said from picking younger boys. Like for, for me now, like I've, I've kept banging on about Lewis Rees-Amit. There's yeah. people saying, all oh, right, he's not ready. No, it's great for him just to be in the camp. They did the same with Keelan Giles. Keelan yeah. Giles was on form for the Ospreys. They put they put Alex Cuthbert in. Oh, yeah, he had a storming couple of seasons with Wales, with the Lions. But after that, he sort of, you know, he wasn't scoring tries. It's like teams had worked yeah. him out. And they did the same with Tom Pridey. Do you remember Tom yeah, Pridey? Yeah, Tom, yeah. yeah. Didn't play again after that, I think. But there was, I remember an Argentina game, and that's when he th- he picked up the name Fluffbutt. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Because yeah. he fluffed a try right on the try line, he dropped the ball. I missed tackles, and I, w- I can just remember screaming, put Keelan Giles on, give him a run. Yeah. And he was, you know, I think it was, it's always one of them games in the autumn where we play um, one of the lo- lower tier teams, Tonga or Samoa. And um, we would play in the away jersey just for marketing purposes. Yeah, of course. It's um, jersey. <laughs> but, you know, it's with Lewis Resamit now. It's people saying, all oh, right, you can't, you know, uh, George North's had a knock. 
you know, that's that's got to be taken quite seriously because he was out for four, four or five months mm. at Northampton because he's had so many concussions. And, you know, he, you've seen the way he goes in. He smashes people. He's a tank, isn't he? He is a tank. He's an absolute beast. But Lewis Rees-Samets, people saying, oh, you can't put him in against Twickenham. Even on the bench, you can't. Because yeah. baptism of fire. He's playing against those boys every not, week yeah, and scoring against them. So why wouldn't you put him in? And he's lightning. Is he playing for you Saturday against England? Well, next Saturday against England? For, for me, he's in my team. He's in my team, man, every day. Who is your favourite player of all time, Wales? Ian Evans. Ian Evans. Yeah. Grubber up the touchline, score a try in the corner. I got, top, I got a top three. Ian Evans, number one. Yeah. And I actually met him as well in the summer. Uh, Wales and England uh, World Cup warm-up. Rabbing headlights? Deering I was, headlights? I was a bit drunk, so I ran off to him. I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, please, could I have a photo? Like that. <laughs> <laughs> Come here, mate. But he, gave me, he had a photo of me, fair play. Yeah. Um, really? Number two is Jeffy, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, number three, do you know what? So these are players obviously watching on TV when you were a kid when I was younger yeah, yeah. but also I've got um, my dad always used to collect you know when he was like tape VHS yeah he used to collect all the like Wales classic tries 1975 to 1992 stuff like that so I used to watch all them all the time Fair but um, yeah Ian Evans Jonathan Davis senior and do you know what? I'm going to say, and they're all wingers, and I was a tight head prop, so I don't know why they're all wingers. because you were jealous. Yeah, there was jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Getting all the limelight. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, will, I will, I'm not just because I know him, but because he is an absolute legend, it's got to be Shane as well. Yeah, Shane. Sure. Because he, he, if not, the, the best winger that's ever played the game, I think. Is it really? I think so. It's like, that's a shout there. Yeah. yeah, but if you, if you ever played ever play the game in Wales or winger, best winger. Yeah, yeah. In the world or Wales? Come on, Carl, this is a statement now. World. In the world. <laughs> best best winger in the world. You've heard your first. Carries <laughs> Shay Williams, best winger in the world. Fails. <laughs> right, we are gonna move on now to the Chamber of Secrets where we ask our special guest to reveal something very, very interesting about himself. We'll see what he's got to say. The Chamber of Secrets. So, Kyle, I'll share something with you first. It's, it's not particularly funny, but uh, it might lead into a story that I may have about you. Who knows? Anyway, so <laughs> I'm playing rugby for Brinte Comp. That's the, I'm from Bridgend, so that's the school I went to, Brinte Comprehensive School. We went on tour to Australia. Um, all the boys are happy, you know, it's, it's 16, 17, 18 year olds all on tour. We're there for about two or three weeks, job done. My mother and father come out because obviously they follow a lot of the rugby, which is great. It's good to have them out there. And then we arrive in Australia, get the bus, and we, we get to the, the first city that we get into. I can't remember what it was. Let's say Sydney, for argument's sake. And uh, my mum is, as we're turning up, my mum's there already. She takes the top off. Not full. She hasn't gone full um, <laughs> top off. And then she's just standing there, starting the tour off with Swanky's mum. That's my nickname, Swank. She's got Swanky's mum full across her front chest. And that was it for me. And I wrecked my whole trip. As you can imagine, all the boys, Swanky's mum, Swanky's mum, Swanky's mum. <laughs> so every time they saw my mother, Swanky's mum, they just kept chanting that and kept on to me for three weeks well, about Swanky's That mom. is a funny story, but that does lead on to another story. Not about me, but I want to know why you're called Swanky. It's, um, it's a very poor story, but I'll tell you, obviously. Please. Um, we were in a band. I was, I was in a band. We weren't in the band. This doesn't sound like a poor story to me. <laughs> no, it is. It's really, really poor. And I was, um, I like to be centre of attention back when I was in school, etc. There's always the jokes, better the joke or trying to be involved in everything I could be. So 
we formed a band and then we were trying to find a name for the band. And my mates were flipping, uh, flicking through the dictionary and just looking at random words. And this one boy came across the word swank. And obviously the definition of swank is like center of tension or that, that, that type of thing. And that, that is it. Unfortunately, that is it. So he started calling me swank for the next three or four days. Just kept on. I remember him swanky, swanky. I just kept going swanky <laughs> pants. And it was all sorts of different you know, methods or variations of the word swank. And, that, and it just stuck. So then when I was obviously a bit younger, 20, and I moved clubs or whatever was going on, I thought I'd shake this off now because I didn't particularly like the, the nickname Swank because obviously it sounded like a different word as well. So. And um, there was always somebody I knew in, in a club or wherever I was going that they knew that I was, my nickname was called Swank. And then as soon as people started calling me, that, it, was, it was it. It was, just, it was, it was literally everywhere I went, Swank. Swanky. Everyone calls me Swanky. <laughs> Known as Swank. And it's, it is a poor story. It is. I wish I had something better to say. I, I have made up stuff before. Like I used to go in the forest and... Uh, and I used to kill bats and stuff like that, and they were called. So I used to call them swanks, and, and stuff like that. I've, I've made so many stories up, <laughs> but that is unfortunately it. Fair play. What about you, Kyle? Come on, help me out. Well, secrets. Well, you know, let's share a secret or something interesting about you that potentially, I guess, the, 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 the any viewers or listeners wouldn't know. The, I'll, I'll share a secret, right? That only two people know. Oh, this is no, that's good to see. Um, possibly three. My best mate will know as well. But only because he's known me since I started enjoying it. <laughs> oh, enjoy <laughs> no, it. don't give me those eyes. No. Come on. Um, there is a... So, you know, anime, Japanese cartoons, that type of stuff. Yeah, like Dragon Ball, eh? That type of stuff? Yeah. yeah. Oh, see, now this is, this is going to be a poor story as well, because you've just nailed what I'm oh, going to no, talk right. about. Oh, yeah. damn. Okay, so, carry yeah, on. But it's been more of an obsession, I suppose, is the more embarrassing thing because I know lots of people that have enjoyed it when they were 14 but I'll be up in my house now in Carmarthen like my missus will be coming home late from work have you done this have you done that yeah I've done it all and I have done it all good I'm a good uh, house husband yeah but I've only done it all so I can sit down and blast out four episodes of Dragon Ball (laughs) T before she comes home I'm 32 this year (laughs) and I love it and that's we spoke to Hibs on uh, on our podcast and I spoke to him last year and they, they released those trainers. Adidas made like, you know, specific trainers just for them, but they were like limited edition. And I was busting to get them, but then I seen the price on them. And a British Lion and a Welsh International could afford them, but I couldn't at the time. <laughs> Did you see? I think I saw a picture of him. He painted his boots. Yes. And he had the Dragon Ball card. Or was it Street Was it Dragon Ball or was it done, Street Fighter? He'd done Dragon Ball Z first, yeah. So he's got a pair of his white togs. Yeah. And um, he's, Togs. He's, togs. No? <laughs> boots. Boots for me, but. Nah, togs for me, but. Sam feels by like. Where's your togs? Where's your togs, 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 togs? man? <laughs> um, and he's pretty, fair play to him. And it's pretty good as well. He's yeah. artistic. Oh, license. That was impressive, yeah. So I've just tweeted him and I've gone, mate, you know, I, I want a pair of those. Like, And he was like, can, can I come bring him down the house? He said, you're on. So... The tri- oh, not, not the ones I've got on now, but um, I've actually... Oh, i just got white Converse on now. You haven't. you got sandals and white socks on. <laughs> Don't lie to anybody. <laughs> um, well, so, yeah, he said, like, come down, and he's going to do some for me, I think. What about the time when you went to, um, with your mates, I think your Talbot mates, you went to Manchester to watch a David Hay fight? Oh, my God, who have you been talking to? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you, like, you know, obviously, pretty, you know, on, on the pop, I guess, leaving, and as you get out of uh, Wales, you stopped off in the services, and didn't you pick up, like, the... Um, <laughs> Like a woman's woman's type gilet. Oh my god! <laughs> and the boys have ripped you so hard. My first my first reaction is going through the list of boys who's there, thinking who has told you that, so I can <laughs> smash them in the face later. <laughs> but I have no idea. Brett Thomas is my only one. 
Ah, uh, <laughs> um, no, yeah. So we went. Um, I think it was one of the boys' uh, birthdays. I can't remember what age it was. It seems like a lifetime ago. Um, but they said, let's go up to Manchester and watch Audley Harrison and David. Hey, yeah, great, let's go. And none of us have ever been to like a big arena boxing match before. So we went up and uh, like uh, the Scottish trip, Max Boyce, you know, um, we were still in Glamorgan at 11. We left at 7 o'clock, like, do you know what I mean? In the morning, mm-hmm. we left Weatherspoons, I think it was about 8 o'clock in the morning. And we were only in Bridgend by about 10 o'clock. Like. <laughs> nice. But um, yeah, I did a bit too much. I was, I'm always, uh, I'm always an early, keen. I'm, I'm always keen, I'm always, ex- I'm excitable I am. So I ate things too hard, too early. Yeah, I got you. Um, so yeah, by the time we, I can't even remember where we were in Britain, but we pulled into a services somewhere and um, apparently, this is what I've been told because I can't remember it. I only remember it because some person took a photo, <laughs> which made the memory last, but... Um, I have to dig that photo, I think, I'm uh, find it somewhere. No, it's gone. <laughs> Deleted. <laughs> Apparently, I've uh, wandered off and nobody can find me and we're supposed to be there, like, refueling, bus snacks, booze, and uh, they can't find me anywhere. So they're all at the front of uh, the uh, services where they're all having to go to the punching machine when they were in fashion. Yeah, I, I, And uh, all of a sudden, um, apparently, I just appear right at the back, standing there with my hands in my pockets... <laughs> Just like, you know, happy as Larry, just boys. quietly minding my own business, watching everybody at this punching machine. One of the boys turns around and bursts out laughing. So everyone turns around and they're all like, what the hell? What have you got on? I'd gone to um, some woman's clothes shop in the services and bought a woman's gilet. <laughs> but it was a furry one, <laughs> you know, like a, like a rug. Yeah, yeah. And, um, but yeah, that, so I bought that. Everyone's taking pictures and having a laugh. And then one of the, one of the boys, he's gone, right, come on, take me back. He's gone, taking us back to the shop. He's gone, Bulls... Oh, so that's my nickname, Bulls Ed. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> should have said you. that, should <laughs> I? Um, he said, right, come on, we'll, we'll take you back. Now, where's the receipt? So I've given him a receipt. And he goes, oh, look, love, he's absolutely steaming drunk. He said he didn't mean to come in here and buy you. Can he have his money back? He's only had it on. <laughs> he's only had it on for 10 minutes. So she goes, right, okay. So she, she takes the jacket off and gives him 40 quid back. He gives me 20 quid and keeps the other 20. <laughs> Happy days. <laughs> that's going to obviously pull me on to my next question. Bull's Ed. Oh, my nickname is Bull's Ed. Bull's Head. But I write it B-U-L-L-Z-E-D because that's what you do when you're 15. Yeah, because you trip. Because it's cool. Email address, Bull's Ed at uh, no. MSN. Not, no. <laughs> no email address. <laughs> but also, if you write Bull's Head as it's spelt, it looks like Bullshed. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I, I had so to you, change it. So you had the Z in, did you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you unique. Z-E-D. <laughs> unique. Um, no, when I, when I joined uh, Sandfield's Comp, um, we run into a bit of a debacle with uh, a year 11 and uh, you know i got, got got a bit f- frisky you chucked the head on him and i did and then one of the 11 boys was laughing and i used to have two little curls on my hair i used to go like that so he started calling me well it didn't just come naturally i think he was like oh my god you got an head of a bull you got a bull head and so that's when it's like every time i saw him in the youth club in the evenings bull's head bull's head see it's crazy old st- thing sticking there and it's stuck so everyone who knows me in patrol but knows me as that but that's why I moved away. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that, I didn't know that. All right, well, we're going to catch up with Kyle and talk about some movies and be back soon. Right, Kyle, I'm going to talk to you about some movies now. And I'm going to embarrass myself probably. I'm going to do some quotes as well. You've got to guess. Oh, what? You're going to embarrass me as well. Oh, yeah, well, I'm gonna, <laughs> I, I just thought I'd have a bit of fun with you and see what these, um, if you guess the quotes basically. But right. first of all, Talk, we talked, I touched on it earlier, I know you mentioned it, probably answered the question to be fair to you, but what type of movie would you want to play in? Like, what, what is it 
what you know, what would you aspire to play? I know you mentioned obviously the Gladiator role there. Um, I can't remember his name. Obviously. Oliver Reed. Yeah. Oliver Reed. But um, would there have been a type of film that you would like to play in um, in um, the future? Well, the last five years, I've been stuck in a period between the 1400s and the 1800s. So I'd like to be in something when I got sci-fi to get normal clothes. It's no. <laughs> every job I've had since 2015. Yeah, okay. And I'm sorry to, um, I think it's Peter and all the animal people. I'm not against, I'm not with animal cruelty, but I'm wearing about five animals because that's what they wore in the time. Yeah. And it's, it's very difficult, but I don't know. I'd like to, um, Oh, it's difficult because I can in my yeah. head now. There's just so many things flying around. I'd like to be in action films. Do you know, I'd like to be in okay, sci-fi, like you said. Oh, there we are. Got it. I want to be in a Marvel film. Oh, you want to do Marvel? That's the dream. Yeah, I'm a massive Marvel fan. I love it. New character coming in. Yeah, they talk pro- to me about the new character. Carrie's new character entering the Marvel films. Um, his name's not Bullzed, is he? No, they probably cast me as the Blob, <laughs> <laughs> which is an actual Spider one of Spider Man's enemies. So yeah, if, it is. Yeah, you're right. If, if they're ever uh, casting him, I should be a shoe in for that. Yeah, but no, I'd love to be in a Marvel film. I just think since um, and uh, Hibbs mentioned it since Iron Man, the first Iron Man, they have they've just taken and obviously we've got you know, better CGI now and yeah. technology and stuff. But I just think the films, the Marvel films are all, not the only funny. Have you seen Guardians of the Galaxy? That's my favorite Marvel films. The no, first- I haven't. I'm not, I, I'm not a fan. I'm not, I, I've no. seen Iron Man. I've seen Iron Man. I thought it was great. But then my old man likes all the Marvel films as well. It's just not for me. I don't know why. Guardians of the Galaxy was the sort of first, they had a director called James Gunn and he came in and do you know they do certain, they do all the Iron Man and then they do Thor and then even back then they didn't know that they were all going to combine into this huge massive 21 film you know run that was going to end with two films which was amazing but James Gunn came in and he directed um, Guardians of the Galaxy and had Chris Pratt obviously Mm. who was doing Jurassic Park and I was a massive star and he is so funny and they've got um, Baptista is it the wrestler yeah the Baptista Dave Dave Baptista yeah yeah him is it Baptista no not Baptista 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 Dave Batista used to be a big wrestler. No, I know, I know the guy. I just yeah. can't get his name. He's in it. But anyway, they and they brought they put a spin on it, and it was all like sixties music and the comedy acting was incredible. And it was just really funny, and there were like swear words in it. So they started taking it like to a different direction, and they all sort of jumped on board with that. Then so the Marvel films sort of started changing, and as they were yeah. you know being made, but so a Marvel film is my long, very long winded answer. Ah, oh, fair play. My um. I like the slapstick stuff, see? Still like it. You know, back in probably the early 90s, the mask, Dumb and Dumber and all that. Yeah, yeah, I can't yeah. shake that off. I can't shake that ear off. I'm still the mask is a classic, isn't it? Yeah. It is incredible. I know. I'm, I'm, but me, myself and Irene, and it's quite funny actually because um, <laughs> yeah. the boys, take, they call me Hank then. Do they? Because they reckon they've got a split personality, this, this swank. Hey, ringworm, you're going <laughs> to pick up that butt. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Uh, yeah, there's Chris. So it's, what, what was his other name? It was Hank and Charlie, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, Hank yeah. Hank and Charlie. So yeah, they reckon I'm Swank and Chris. Or, yeah, uh, that's great. Jim Carrey's incredible. Yes, yeah. And um, did you watch the film, actually? He, he recorded and he was, he was portraying... Oh, I did. Um, it, was, it was dark, I thought, anyway. He was, Man on the Moon. It was, no, was it, was it Man on the Moon? Yeah, right. and he was pretend he was, he was making the film Man on the Moon and they made a documentary that's of it. him making the film. That's it, that's what I watched. Andy Kaufman? Yes. Uh, no. Yeah, yeah. 
But yeah, the documentary. So oh yeah, yeah. The just, documentary of him doing it. Yeah. When he actually started thinking he was that. Yeah. He's mental, man. That's, man. Me, that's mad, isn't it? He's gone a bit nuts as well, though, hasn't he? Yeah. Like, I, he was on Graham Norton. I actually watched that the other night. How was that? I only saw the start of it. Um, he was a bit. I felt he was awkward. He is awkward now. Mm. If, if he was sat here now doing this with us, he would be like, "You're not really there. You're not here." You're ah, you're just a spirituality, and I'm just like, oh my god, just do some funny things. Yeah, I haven't done that. I've seen, I've, I used to love Jim Carrey. You've seen his early stuff with his impressions. He does like Clint Eastwood, and his entire face just morphs into Clint Eastwood, and it, no, it's he, incredible. He, yeah, he is incredible. The stuff that he's done, the Grinch, and you know, as <laughs> when you know, things like that, I just find absolutely mind-boggling. But um, but my other one is Zac Efron. I got a crush on Zac Efron. I don't mind a bit of Zac Efron, mind. I think he's uh, developed into a, obviously, you know... A when physical he, specimen. Yes. That's what he's developed into. Yeah, I mean, you know, g- give any actor <laughs> who's getting paid millions four months to train with the top trainers in the world. Yeah, yeah, I'd look yeah. like him right. four months if I had that. I love musicals, though. High School Musical. Do you like musicals, uh, Yeah, it's guilty. I should have maybe said that in the Chamber of Secrets, but hey, I love High School Musical 3. That's the best one. The end. <laughs> this, that should have been your Chamber <laughs> of Secrets, I know, yeah, it's bad, it? <laughs> And The Greatest Showman. I just think... Yes. I just, yeah, I just love it. It's great. Do you um, know what film I love Zac Efron in? 17 again. Yeah. With, um, I thought he was so funny, you know? Oh, the guy, Chandler, I can't think of his real... His, his Matt... Perry. Yes, Matthew Perry. Perry when he film. became young again. Yeah. But he's great. He's... You know, Zac Efron's funny. He is really funny. But, you know, he's done a couple... Has, has, he's yeah, done that Ted Bundy thing as well now. Yeah, and I want to see that because that's, that's probably the total opposite to what he... It is. ...known for. Watch it. Yeah. You'll have a shock, I think. Right, I'm going to do some film quotes for you. And then I'm going to ask you about your accents because you did a good one then as well. So, right, here we go. You've got to guess what film this is, okay? And I'm going to try and do my accents as well. Have I got any clues from anyone? No, nothing. Just just a quote. Great. But I'll I'll, I'll try and go into character as well. (laughs) Okay. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. (laughs) Is that a few good men? (laughs) No? Yeah. yeah. Could you... Differentiate between the two actors or not? No, no, no. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on that. Okay, next one. Well, since when did you become the physical type? <laughs> Do you know what? Right? I think you've gone down the wrong career path here. <laughs> That's brilliant. Just for everyone who's listening and, and can't see Chris at the moment, he's taken on a physicality <laughs> that I've never seen someone of his stature take on before. It's brilliant. Oh, brilliant. Uh, one more time. Okay, yeah, fine. I'm all over it. Okay. <laughs> well, since when did you become the physical type? <laughs> I have no idea. You don't know it? So give oh. me a clue. Give me a clue. Um, it's a trilogy. Um, 80s trilogy. 80s trilogy. Yeah, so this one was the second part of the, the trilogy. Back to the Future? Yeah. Oh, okay. That was Griff Tanner. Griff, oh! Yeah, Griff. <laughs> and he's, he's got the baseball bat in the back of his... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, he's, you know, and he goes, chicken, but fly! <laughs> anyway, that's enough of my... I got, I got one more. We got no food, we got no jobs, our pets' heads are falling off! <laughs> that's an easy one. I think anyone nails that one. Dumb and dumber. Dumb and Jim dumb, Carrey. Yeah. I'm brilliant. Lloyd Christmas. <laughs> Right, I think that's. Oh no, Kyle, I want to, I want to, I want to ask you about some some accents. Oh right, okay. So I'm just going to do three countries. Give me three accents, and then okay, you got to have something to say, haven't you? you? You're an actor. You can improvise, can't you? Yeah, okay. Go ahead, live. Right, okay. Go. I'll try. I want you to different. I want you to. Yeah, okay. I'm going to ask you two, and I'll see what the difference is. So here we go. New Zealand, go. Oh, make the men some bloody eggs, will you, woman? 
<laughs> My name's Jake DeMus from Once We Were Warriors. Oh, nice, mate. Yeah. Well, it's, sorry, I'm sorry. That's South African, see? No, you're South African. No, you I was. You pushed me down that South, South African. South Africa road, is sort of like this. Yeah, you're perfect. a bit okay. more definitely. clipped in the mouth. Yeah, definitely. We like are. a game of rugby. I want to see now how you quickly go for, to go, go New Zealand again. Oh, I can't. I don't know if I can. I just wing that one. <laughs> Do it again, quick. Make the men some eggs, woman. Same, same line, Australian, go. Make the men some eggs, woman. See, the same. It's the same. Yeah, sort of the same. Though, no, they're not. They're different. They reckon, right? The Australian. You talk. I'm. Um, I'm from Melbourne, mate. I yeah. talk like this. The honey badger. This is how I talk. Yeah, you it's go. all very wide in the mouth. So I, I'm. You know, it's very bad about those. Uh, Don't the New Zealand go up a little when they finish New Zealand, the? Uh, so the, New Zealand would talk a bit like this, I suppose. And a bit higher when they finish a sentence. Bit, that's right. <laughs> so we talk like that, and then South Africa is all very like yeah. militarized, and you pronounce every single letter. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Backy's Bothers, I such like a dirty one. player when he played the game. <laughs> you sound like Razi Rasmussen, whatever his name is, the South African, huh? We I can't are do the this World Cup champions 2019. <laughs> do you know what I mean, bro? Hey, hey, I'm saying, bro. It's a bocker, huh? Bocker. Last one for you. I didn't have that plan. I only had the, the contrast between New Zealand and Australia. I didn't do that very well either. No, you did. You got it in the end. I just added the quick snappy one. But uh, I was going to do South African as well, but you nailed that. So I'm going to go down the... Russian route. Oh, yeah. You know, you can, can you make it a bit more regional for us, UK? Like, okay, no, I'll do, I'll, I'll, let's go UK. It's a bit of fun UK. Oh, go on, I love yeah. to go to Russia. I don't know when to turn down a challenge. Happy days, let's go then. Um, Three, my, two, one. <laughs> my name is Hudyunika Bolokov. <laughs> and I come from... Classic. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything else. It is very nice to have you here today. <laughs> and most um, villains in... The, Film will bad guy will be Russian. Fair play, that was pretty good, but it's just it's because I got a bad throat. My voice is very deep, it's very <laughs> deep for Russian. I should be wrapping this up soon, but I'm having too much fun with this. Right, Newcastle, go I'm trying to eat me food and it's staring us out. Or you don't like a proper local paper, like <laughs> and what? Nick, what you, Saturday night takeaway. Let's get ready to rumble. <laughs> what do you How would you even think of the lines that you're coming up with? I mean, what, the, what do you just say then? I think in my brain it goes to something that I've seen or referenced be- ah. with that. Do you know what I mean? So obviously straight away from here I went to that neck. That's yeah, that's fair. And for New Zealand, the only thing other than Warren Gatland or rugby players that I've ever really watched is a film called Once Were Warriors, which is set in New Zealand in the nineties or eighties. The soundtrack was good as well. Oh, What's the incredible time, film. Mr. Wolf. Anyway, I'm going off tangent there. Right, we are now gonna go into our last segment called The Broom Room. The Broom Room. Okay, so the broom room is about throwing something in the like, the broom room about uh, something that you don't like or maybe something that you think there needs to be more of. So again, I'll start quickly. Um, negative feedback for me, Kyle. Okay. In the sense of, not negativity in general, but obviously I'm from the rugby background and I want to talk to you a little bit about this, is Welsh people maybe only seem to say negative things in terms of feedback. So no matter how good things are going for you or anybody, their first go-to is they'll pick up something that you did wrong or they'll mention something that you you, you made a, a spelling mistake or you said something wrong. It's never, do you know what, that was a great job. Mm. Well done, that was good. So I'll explain that a little bit better than I have. So when we're doing feedback with players or the feedback maybe that I received or other players received in the past, it's always, you need to work on this. That wasn't very good. You're poor at that, that needs to get better. It's never, do you know what, that, you are so good at that. 
keep going with that, keep driving mm. forward. I'm sure it exists, but I just feel like that's a Welsh, Welsh thing. Okay. Is that the same in acting? I mean, it is and it isn't. There are certain parts of this industry that can be brutal. As, you know, uh, like we were talking about auditions, it could be as soon as you walk in the door, you've worked so hard with your prep and the script uh, for the audition, but they know as soon as you step foot in the door if they're going to cast you or not because of the way you look. So it is actually really like that. Yeah, of course it is. Like, let, let's be honest. I'm six foot. I'm you know heavy bloke. Uh, I'm not you know falling all over the place, but I'm big, heavy set. I got a bit of extra timber on me that I don't need. No, I'm not going to play Romeo in the in the West End. You know, Romeo and Juliet. Obviously, because I'm 31 now and Romeo's a teenager. But I'm not. Yeah. Lead, I'm not leading man. I'm a character actor. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so it is, and obviously it has to be like that. You can't take offence to it because you're. You're playing, you know, people who are not alive, but, you know, f- some fictional, some non-fictional characters, but they're people, and people need to look a certain way. So the only one thing that I have is, you know, um, Robbie Coltrane? Yep. He went for an audition for Cracker. Remember that old-school cop drama? Policeman, yeah. Yeah, detective. And that character description was for a short, wiry, ex-Navy um, man. And he went in, and he's the he's the total opposite. He's about six foot three. He's huge, yeah, like he's yeah. a big man. And they cast him as a part, so there can be people that go, actually, he nailed that audition. The, the the character was perfect, so it can go that way. But but as you said earlier, you sent the videos off. What do you call again? Self tapes. Self tapes. Yeah. You said you probably won't hear it back. So do you ever? Is there ever a time where someone says, "But do you know what? That was good." However. You'll never get a however from an audition. It'll always be, and they're they're very polite, it'll always be, we've gone a different direction. Thanks, we loved what you did with it, but it's it's not for us. You'll never get, can he work on this? Sometimes you will, a very rare occasion. But um, you do get constructive... constructive criticism but I suppose as well you've got to you've got to cater for actors because we are all insecure sensitive creatures that you know if you said that my quiff wasn't swiped the right way I'd probably go home and have a meltdown about it and look in the mirror and Dax wax it straight Dax wax I just felt that was coming out all black and white Dax wax or black and white I do agree with uh, with what you said though there should there's a lot of uh, especially I think with Wales as well because it's a lot of uh, small towns villages Mm. you know there's a lot of, and you see a lot in the, in the media nowadays, it just sort of filters down through generations, these sort of negative attitudes and stuff. And that's why a lot of these towns still have the people there because that attitude is passed down. Yeah. So they won't ever leave if you're not being positive about things, even if it's about somebody else. Totally agree. Negative feedback in the broom room. Love that sound. Kyle, what about you? Is there anything that, you know, like a pet hate that you just want to go, do you know what, that needs to be rid of? Do you know what? I I can't. I don't know why car manufacturers are still putting indicators on cars <laughs> because the amount of times that I am screaming at somebody, and you know, you try and be courteous, you try and be polite on the roads because it is very dangerous. At the end of the day, everyone takes driving around for granted. Yeah. It is very dangerous. You are driving, you know, two ton of metal around, and you see some people on the roads, and you're thinking, right, you pull up. Now, I remember yesterday, and it happened to me three times. I was coming out of um, Morrison's, uh, the roundabout there. Yeah. I was coming out there ready to go on the duels up to, back up to Carmarthen. And uh, I was waiting. This car was coming. And instead of indicating they're just there, minding our business, singing along to the radio, and just pulled in. And I'm like, you know, I am quite an impatient person anyway. But you need to indicate. So I think that's one of my pet hates. In- in- indicators for me are 
a sign that someone a car is going. Your, your intentions are going to pull out or yeah, or go that way. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Isn't it? Yeah. So I'm I'm telling you behind me or in front of whatever. It's an indication of what I'm actually going to do. Exactly. But I don't like the guys there, women, people, whatever, um, who indicate as they're doing it. So they're changing lanes, say, on the, on, on the M4, and they're, they're indicated as they're pulling. As they're pulling across. Yeah, yeah like, 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 thanks, but... That's I, the same, down, like, say you're driving now around an estate, and so you're driving down, it's, it's all 20 or 30 miles per hour, and then you'll, somebody will slow down, and you'll think, oh, why are they slowing down? And as they slow down to the point they're going to turn, they'll indicate. Yeah. You should have been indicated, like, exactly, yeah, and 200 yards back. We should have a pint together, Carl. We, we, I, we, I, we will have a pint together. <laughs> we will. I said the other day about middle lane drivers, so there's a lot of issues here. We should, road rage? Do you suffer from road rage? Very, very badly. Very. I, uh, <laughs> I, I do suffer from road rage, but... Don't go into it. I've got a small temper, that's what it is. <laughs> but I'm a, I'm a teddy bear, really. Yeah, yeah. soft. I am soft, and I'm soft and sensitive. Um, and uh, if anybody actually did get out of the car and come to my window, I'd probably just try and drive off and pretend I didn't see them. So that's, um, what should we say about that? No indication? Dim indicator. Dim indicator in the broom room. <laughs> well, Kyle, it's been, I've had a hell of a laugh with Same. you on this uh, podcast. Thanks thank for you so me, much. Man. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Um, all the best with any future roles that you take and I hope to see you soon on the big screen cheers man and keep mixing the concrete well and look out for the buildings popping up Robert Talbot as well <laughs> and I generally hope the Tuesday Club podcast keeps going well and you, you get a lot of success from that so cheers man Kyle thank you so much thanks cheers, so much cheers Chris The Cauldron Podcast by Aberavon Rugby Club produced by Buffoon Media Buffoon Media